Hello, hello everyone. This is episode number nine of Getting Bitcoin Sessions here with HyperSign. How are y'all doing? Hi, Eric. Um, doing great. Uh, thank you very much for inviting. I am Vikram from HyperSign team. Yeah, it looks like we're both using our official accounts today to be in the space. That's that's good. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's early morning here in India where I'm joining from. What time it is there? For me, Vikram, it's ten thirty at night. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm not yeah, I'm I'm not I'm a I'm a night person, so <laughs> I'm still good, but other people would have been already, you know, ready to go to bed. But um, yeah, yeah, like like my wife, she's already yeah in bed, and so I get to spend some time to to work on stuff usually late at night. So this is the time for me. But I, I'm so glad that you're able to join us. I I know that you guys must be pretty busy. You know, I, I I've seen you a lot around lately. Um, so you, I know you guys are working a lot to get people to know more about HyperSign, and so um, I see you guys hustling. So uh, yeah, I, I know that that must be a lot of work. Um, well, I'm always excited to talk about Bitcoin. So <laughs> yeah, so Bitcoin let, and let's, Cosmos. Um, let's, <laughs> so the, yeah, and Cosmos. <laughs> so uh, I I don't feel tired when. Uh, no matter how much I talk about these two yeah. subjects, so you know, cool. I, I was just talking to um, someone else about this. It might have been in the last space that we did mm-hmm. that, like, whenever you're like working on something that you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. So a lot of the times, my my wife will be like, "Oh, uh, you you know, you, you're doing too many hours or something," and I'm like, "I I enjoy this. Like, I'm doing this for fun. I'm not. I feel like it's not even working." So I totally get what you're saying about being passionate about something. And you just want to be, you know, always talking about it. Yeah. And uh, in, you know, Web3 and crypto is more about evangelism, uh, evangelizing your thought process. Because um, no matter, you you know, we are still very far from the mass adoption uh, that we have immediate customers. But it's more like convincing each and every you know, projects or customers to move into Web3 from the Web2 world. So that itself, uh, you know, gives me uh, basically uh, gives me enough power to keep going on, <laughs> uh, even yeah. though it is hard, hard things to do. But yeah. since we all love decentralization or at least the thought process of decentralization. Do you, you, and... You're kind you're kind of um, circling a, a, a question that I'm going to ask you later on, but I'm, I'll just mention it because you're making me think about it. And it's kind of like, I know that HyperSign does like, you know, identification. And so like for me, the struggle that I see is adoption. I, I see that, you know, like, so I like later on, I'm going to ask you this. It's like when, when like what things are going to determine more adoption? Uh, because a lot of people that are in the space right now, they want privacy. And so they they are scared of sometimes you know seeing these words like oh this will be this will be an easy KYC or you know this will just be your your quick easy ID and I know that there's going to be a use case for it in the future 
but I, I see like some fear maybe coming from some, from some people right now. So that's why I wanted to ask you, like, how do you guys see how that adoption is going to take place? But that, that'll be uh, in, a little bit down here in the space, but just, you know, the, when you mentioned like evangelizing and adoption, that made me think about that question that I have for you later on. No, sure. So you want me to answer now? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll answer it later, answer it later. Yeah. Um, sure. but, but what what I do want right now is I want you to properly introduce yourself. Like, you know, you said you're Vikram. Like, what do you do for HyperSign? And uh, just tell us a little bit about HyperSign and a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, once again, uh, welcome, everyone for uh, scaling Bitcoin sessions. Uh, I, uh, I really appreciate Eric inviting me for this session. Uh, my name is Vikram and I am one of the co-founder at HyperSign. I take care of growth strategies and uh, a little bit of Web3 product development. Since we are in the, uh, HyperSign is into the identity space, uh, we are in between the Web2 and Web3, like a bridge sort of, you know, if you look at from a business perspective. So uh, we have two different, uh, you know, uh, teams. Uh, I handle uh, from the product side and I handle mostly the uh, relationship with the Web3 projects. And uh, I try to grow HyperSign into more partnerships in Web3 ecosystem. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you, Vikram. So, you know, like every time I... Uh... I get one of these sessions, one of these spaces. I do a little bit of snooping. And so I, you know, went to y'all's website. I saw your YouTube. And um, I, I saw that you did, like, an introduction of founders. And so I know that you have, like, you've been in the crypto space for a while. Like, the the YouTube account is has videos that are over four years old. So I want you to tell me a little bit about your journey into crypto. Like, when did it start? And, um, yeah, when did the idea for HyperSign take place? Yeah, it's, you know, you, I think most of us have, uh, I mean, at least the people from back in the days, like four or five years back, it was, uh, uh, most of us would have heard Bitcoin, the word Bitcoin somehow, right? And, uh, and that connects us, uh, start, like that intrigued us to, uh, know more about it. What is this new currency? And my journey started with uh, my co-founder Irfan. So I was a musician before, like a part-time musician. Uh, my job is basically an engineer, software engineer. But I was also a drummer in 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 a band back in 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 one of the cities where my other co-founder had another startup. And uh, he in, he kept uh, he invited quite a few times uh, to perform through his startup in different venues, and that's how our uh, you know relationship grew better, and we became friends. And and one day while I was sitting in his uh, apartment, he told me, "Dude, have you heard about this thing called Bitcoin?" I was like, "No." So no, he was bitching actually. So he was like, "Dude, I lost my Bitcoin." I was like. What is this? And then he explained me that it's a, it's a sort of an asset that you how you uh, trade in the real world, like you know all those uh, different shares. Similarly, there is something called Bitcoin, but it is finite, and it is much more powerful for uh, than the shares because the product itself can be used as a banking infrastructure. 
and uh, then he was like how he lost it like he said like i could have have it had it on in my uh, uh, cold wallet but i kept it uh, on the exchange where i bought it there was a huge uh, you know scam that time uh, i yeah, forgot was, was, was it mount gox yeah i think so yeah. it was like uh, not exactly that company but you know it that company provided liquidity to many different exchanges so many other ones. Yeah. yeah and one of the <laughs> oh, man. is in, yeah in europe somewhere it shut down and that time he was working uh, i mean before when he had those bitcoins he was working for thales an identity company uh, as well and so uh, so he got to know you know like identity people working in identity space are usually the geeks like they are the <laughs> programmers so even though he was in sales he was involved with the discussions with these geeks and they talked about like hey i bought bitcoin and he's like what is that let me also buy it. and <laughs> yeah. you know so that's how i was introduced and back then we used to have another friend of mine um who was working uh, who was also a musician now he's actually full time musician he's he completely switched from web3 into <laughs> <laughs> into being a full time musician you, you guys switch spots <laughs> yeah switch spot that time he was not in mu- into music but i mean he loved music but he was not professionally into music uh, yeah. so you know what he was doing he was mining bitcoin in abu dhabi like uh, sorry kuwait he had a huge bitcoin ring um that time uh, and then you know we three were uh, talking then he was like dude you know bitcoin i know something called ethereum then we were like what is ethereum what i w- i was more interested to <laughs> learn from them so he talks about like you know how bitcoin uh, brought a decentralized banking infrastructure and ethereum is trying to bring in a general purpose smart contract so any sort of logic can be built on top of it and you know it can become like a one state of state machine for the whole world um, that was my initial you know honestly that conversation was the first uh, time i got to know about bitcoin and ethereum while we were just sitting and you know yeah. chilling that's, in the bar that, that's awesome for for me um i heard about bitcoin a couple times like on the internet and how it was using the black market and so i always had a negative connotation i was like oh man i better stay away from that like i don't want you know like i just there was always something negative being said about it so um i i i heard about it years before i finally learned what it really was and for me it was ethereum also like it was a buddy of mine who is a computer science um professional and he's the one that told me about ethereum and so we felt at that time when now it seems silly we felt that like we had missed the bitcoin train now it seems silly because the price is so much more now than it was <laughs> so it definitely definitely wasn't too late but um we were like oh ethereum will be the next one and so we're just looking at partnerships that they were making there was like a coalition that was made in europe and so uh we were just following the news and so that's what got me into into you know crypto in general but um you're right like you if you listen to those geeks they 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 tell you you know the right places to look <laughs> for sure awesome awesome so um do, whenever you you first heard about you know like your friend telling you about ethereum and bitcoin When did you actually decide to partake in it? Like when did you actually decide okay I'm going to like when how was that your first time you know putting money into an exchange and purchasing it like what what coins did you end up getting? Honestly, uh 
I entered as a retail investor uh, very late, like not not immediately after that conversation, but um, uh, because I was still in the final year of college, or no, 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 uh, I had just passed out, and I was like looking for job and stuff in that time. So I didn't had enough money to buy Bitcoin, honestly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so how I basically started was you know doing hackathon because i was a software developer so for me it directly made sense to to why not try building some application on top of ethereum and uh, we participated me and my brother both like i brainwashed my brother basically into web3 uh, vishwas who is the cto now and uh, and we both together with irfan we participated in eth india the first eth india hackathon and though we didn't win that hackathon, but we were like no, uh, spoken about, like our project was how to bring uh, MetaMask wallet into mobile apps. That time MetaMask wasn't a mobile application. And also to use it as an authentication mechanism for uh, Web2 application, where we can improve privacy of users by not using emails and passwords. So that's how I entered. But immediately after the ETH India uh, you know, I had some money from my, you know, jobs and, and stuff. Uh, basically, Irfan gave me some gig and <laughs> I had some money to buy Bitcoin. So in India, there is a Bitcoin exchange. Still, it is available. Uh, that's the, the cheapest Bitcoin you can get. So I bought some Bitcoin on that exchange. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was my, you know, first first uh, experience having, owning, okay. yeah, some sats. Yeah. Um, so like I'm hearing your story and I hear like a lot in the background about like where your future is heading. I'm hearing about like authenticating, I'm hearing identity, um, with your, with your friend. And so like, I'm seeing the, the groundwork that's going to lead you to where you're at right now, working with HyperSign. Um, so that's really interesting to me. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, like obviously you're working in Cosmos in the Cosmos ecosystem. But we all know that usually all the different cryptocurrencies, they go as crypto goes, right? So, or as Bitcoin goes, I mean. So how do you feel about Bitcoin being that metric that we measure all the other cryptos, cryptocurrencies to? Like, do you like that it's tied so closely together? Or do you, do you see the flipping happen where Ethereum will finally overtake Bitcoin? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, this is a very general statement, but uh, this, and also it's my, just my personal opinion. So this is not any investment advice before I go forward with this, uh, you know, answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you, you have to split that in different, uh, two different uh, questions, actually, in my opinion. One is Bitcoin as a store of value. And then second one is that, you know, uh, all these like uh, distributed ledgers getting uh, accepted as a technology in different shapes and form. Um, now, let's talk about like spe uh, specifically only about as an asset. In my opinion, proof of stake is a very, uh, it's not a very nice way to uh design what uh you know decentralized <clears throat> uh assets why because 
it's a staking mechanism and every unless the founders have done a good job in distributing it fairly uh otherwise it always becomes like anyone who has a highest share of the stake can is the king there right like can control majority of the power of how the market move, can move but in case of bitcoin it is so decentralized that uh it's very difficult to um manipulate in my opinion i i could be wrong like there could be big people doing that but um but in general i i feel more secure having my funds stored as you know bitcoin than any other uh, on any other chain that's my personal opinion yeah uh, proof of stake chain but uh, but on the other hand when it comes to real world utility bitcoin provides very minimal utility and uh, uh, apart from uh, banking you know basic banking infrastructure it doesn't do anything more than that and that's where con- it's concerning that other protocols such as you know ethereum and ad- uh, all these other protocol could take over in the from the adoption angle like like you can see there is uh, you know gold uh, which can be used as ornament but then gold can also be a store of value um bitcoin for being an ornament still taking time uh because bitcoin needs to have certain features like uh, ordinals which has come which is amazing thing um for it to be widely adopted in general purpose day to day application development or use cases uh just for now it's a very, in in my opinion is the safest uh, cryptocurrency and hence everybody is trying to peg that peg their currency with bitcoin and hence the market moves but in nobody knows the future you know uh, but i still feel bitcoin will be stronger because it is finite the major problem with ethereum if you compare ethereum and bitcoin no matter how much burning and all they have implemented ethereum is not finite it is infinite uh, uh, you know uh, token and bitcoin itself is finite which means the reserve is going to finish someday and that's when the you know the price of bitcoin will always go higher it yeah. that's my opinion uh, because imagine like ethereum has reached bitcoin's price but then on that particular year there is a new 1% uh, you know circulation again so new people can join keep joining but the price might not go that high but in case of bitcoin if all the bitcoin finishes and then there is just you need to have buy it from someone else and that creates a <laughs> scarcity so yeah. still feel like it's a safe investment from the investment side no and and you're right like bitcoin doesn't have that much utility and that's one of the things that babylon is trying yeah. to actually give, you know, is trying to give Bitcoin some more utility. But if you give Bitcoin more utility, then that means that it'll make it more scarce. I think it'll, so I think it actually, like people who are like BTC maxis or, or really like into Bitcoin, they should want more utility, I think, because that just is going to make the price of it to go higher. So that'll help the miners, that'll help people who are holding Bitcoin, and then it helps people who are wanting to use that Bitcoin as a security, like you said, because it's more secure. 
So I, I feel like everyone wins really in that in that sense. Yeah, for certain for certain use cases, like for that, there has to be some fundamental change in the Bitcoin core, uh, or what you know Babylon is doing, or ordinals have come up. Uh, similarly, other layer two, uh, you know, application on top of Bitcoin. But uh, the major issue is that uh, Bitcoin sort of is uh, the, the uh, is congested now. Uh, and the TPS is also very low. So even though you are building layer twos, you will you run into challenges of scalability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Bitcoin as a community needs to. I do understand it is a very uh, you know everybody has some stake in, into <laughs> Bitcoins. Yeah. And they don't want lot of changes in the code because that might uh, you know create some sort of problem. On, yeah. on the chain which leads into you know hack or whatever not not even hack but you know just uh, let's say that even for some time it gets congested heavily because of some bad code uh, mm. which is not well thought through so yeah. that uh, it's a huge problem for the whole industry right so i do understand their concern but on the other hand they also needs to evolve and i think they will do it because Ethereum is going super fast, so Bitcoin community <laughs> also, uh, you know, needs we'll, to we'll keep, keep up with them. Yeah, yeah, keep up with them. Yeah. So, so we mentioned ordinals a couple times. What, what do you think about ordinals? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a first baby step towards. Um, it's basically an NFT, right? Like uh, ordinals yeah. were designed to bring NFTs on Bitcoin, and uh, basically, Bitcoin is the the uh, like one coin but the sats right because nfts could be uh, uh, bought at a very uh, lower price not like one you can buy one bit uh, one nft for one bitcoin but <laughs> it can be different different utilities but yeah. what it brings to bitcoin is uh, now everything that is possible with nft is possible with bitcoin right and when you look at it's not just an art form right nft is basically a a, a, a sort of um, uh, access management, on-chain access management. So with that, it opens up a lot of uh, utility for Bitcoin. Like you can use uh, Bitcoin ordinals for uh, accessing an event because then you have NFTs and then you have like, you know, uh, applications integrated with NFTs, which can just integrate ordinals and then, People who own Bitcoin Ordinal can have uh, access management to events uh, or access management into web applications. Uh, or so the the limit is it's it's limitless, uh, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, makes it so powerful. And the other so, thing is that um, there is one more point. Like yeah, so uh, with Bitcoin uh, Ordinals, you could have like you know futures on NFTs. So, so there are so many DeFi applications that <laughs> yeah, that too. opens opens up for Bitcoin, which was currently not possible because natively you can't uh, move Bitcoin from one, uh, you know, from Bitcoin to another uh, ecosystem. Yeah, it's natively change. not possible. You can have IOUs, but uh, you can't move Bitcoin as an asset to other yeah. different. Yeah, you so, can only wrap them or do IOUs. Yeah, yeah. So ordinals bring all these things, which is crazy. 
like i also see how many, there are so many different uh, defi application have come up which supports ordinals and uh, and social applications will come up right like uh, because these are nfts and if you have observed most of the social application uh, built are built over on top of nfts and yeah. it's open up uh, two different dimension for bitcoin holders lot of you so, so vikram like uh, i'm trying to understand something you said do you think that there's like an identity problem a little bit in in bitcoin i i i mean this is a very uh, this is this question is like bitcoin native people they don't like anything <laughs> to, they don't want to change bitcoin at all like they want to keep it how it is and yeah. also they want the anonymity uh but when you look at identity as a problem right like i in in case of decentralization decentralized identity it is not actually uh, removing anybody's privacy in fact it comes with privacy uh, features so all people you know people in identity space all they are trying to bridge is how can we have verified uh, institutions whom people can trust on like for example currently we don't need to trust anyone because bitcoin is minted on the chain right like as long as it's minted by the protocol so now who's from where do you get bitcoin is from the miners like exchange buy it from miners and people buy on exchange that's how the bitcoin works but what if ordinal comes like ordinal will be like any xyz peop- uh, you know art- artist or any scammer can launch nfts on bitcoin will you buy uh, nft which is which is scamming you like it has no value it is a copy of some other nft from some other uh, you know yeah uh, so unfortunately need... yeah unfortunately yeah. you see that so often like where they just copy and paste of other projects it's horrible yeah so so you need to so this is what the identification needs to be done so that our investors retail investors should uh, know that who they are buying it from it's not for end user to be to uh, you know end user don't need to uh, let go of their privacy they can be still anonymous and buy the ordinals but the place where they are buying the ordinal from or the, who, the creator they are buying the ordinal it's their responsibility to let everyone know that it's, it's the right creator from where the home they are buying or else what is the way to trust on it like you can see so many scam uh, i have numbers man like uh, open sea <laughs> 60% uh-huh. of the open sea lazy minted uh, not 60 82% sorry is lazy minted nfts were all fake man, so you need cert- cer- certain type of uh, you know in my opinion if someone is asking huge amount of money from community they should dox this is my personal opinion and uh, that's why i'm saying institution needs to be verified on chain and that's where you know decent decentralized identity brings uh, plays a role so yeah. if the utility of bitcoin is going more moving from from just being an asset of a trading asset uh, to more more the, into ordinals and other use cases there will be more frauds and the fraud you need to reduce the fraud so how can we reduce a fraud by somehow verifying the authenticity of these uh, 
ordinals and assets that they are generating on bitcoin right so so how can dids or zero knowledge improve trust in bitcoin ordinals yes yeah, sure so uh, first of all like dids are not identity it's more of an identifiers it's just okay. a decentralized identifier like uh, like like id like face when you log into twitter twitter gives you an id right and internally yeah. twitter stores it at as with a, some random number uh, string but uh, you don't have control of that id you, and that id defines you on twitter like if twitter deletes that id from their database you are no more a twitter user <laughs> yeah so um, to stop that like the worldwide web, web consortium come, have come up with the id spec which says that every web application needs to take this id from the user itself and where user will get this id is from any layer 1 blockchain or immutable uh, ledger that has uh, this feature of identifier so you can have your bitcoin wallet you can create a did and this did is associated to your bitcoin wallet and then you can associate this did to any application or businesses so the difference would be any data attached to this identifier belongs to the user so now the business like twitter can decide to kick you out of the uh, you know twitter platform but you have a complete uh, you know a trace traceability that you were part of twitter ecosystem and these were the uh, you know followers and uh, other interaction that you did on twitter although you you are not part of twitter anymore but you still have the proof that these were uh, um, my interaction on twitter so that's like giving power back to the user in some yeah. some form which is currently is not possible in web 2 now coming to the zero knowledge part since in uh, layer 1 blockchains like all these uh, public chains are public in nature we cannot put our private information on public blockchain so you need some ways to hide your information or encrypt or make some in different forms and format uh to communicate with uh, public protocols like let's say that you are buying an ordinal and ordinal wants that web application or application wants to know your age like you need to be 18 years and above but you don't want you cannot share your date of birth in this transaction because bitcoin transaction is public to all the miners or anyone who is uh, listening to bitcoin network so what you can do is some sort of zero knowledge proof like hash it using zero knowledge proof and share it with this uh, smart contract which can then uh, you know verify without actually knowing who you are so what it brings the power for the bitcoin users is that they can still be anonymous they don't need to expose their actual you know private data but still be able to avail uh, services that needs verification yeah and you you're bringing up some great points like i think you're like you're thinking like so many years into the future where you know like we can actually use these things um and and we we could use them now but it just seems like you know we're not all there yet we're we're not all thinking about how to do these things so it's awesome to to see that you guys are working on on doing things like this yeah i mean uh, there are baby steps being taken um uh, but but in case of bitcoin it's not yet because we need some more technical changes in bitcoin 
uh like zero knowledge proof implementing zero knowledge proof is possible on a layer 2 of bitcoin but it is not yet possible on bitcoin core so uh, it needs some sort of hashing verification features like uh, yeah so that way also and on also on from the business angle like the community will get aware slowly you know like once ordinal is in full power there you will see a lot of scams and then there will be demand from the ecosystem that hey we need to stop this scam and what is the best way so probably yeah. implement some sort of identity yeah so it's like work in process uh, progress uh, but i see that uh, like you you can see like i've been in the space for last 4 years at least mm-hmm. and um, from the last 2 years i've seen the demand for identity system have increased like we had uh, first we had no customer like no projects integrating us but from last uh, one quarter uh, two quarters uh, we have now like 16 plus projects who have integrated uh, so looks like you know there is demand it's for it's picking up yeah yeah and but and, it's more on the uh, you know evm ecosystem yeah okay gotcha um so I, i wanted to like focus on just a little bit of like some bitcoin news but i, I wanted to before I, i talked about this because i feel like this would be a better way of going about it i wanted you to know something personally about me um mm-hmm. uh my my parents are from el salvador and oh. they came they so i'm i live here in the united states and so they came here um because of the civil war that was going on over there this is the 1980s and so ever since then um there's been corrupt government that's been there in El Salvador it didn't matter if it was conservative or or liberals who were in power it was there's always taking advantage of the people but uh over the past four years there's been a new president who doesn't claim to be either from the left or from the right and who's like just keeps giving back to the people keeps building infrastructure and he made bitcoin legal tender there and so um i was you know like we're talking about all these things about like identifiers and i i think that maybe if once they find a use case for bitcoin they that could be that for them over there as well but what do you think about a country like el salvador making crypto legal like is that is that kind of like an oxymoron is that what we want is that um does that help adoption or does that kind of defeat the purpose of why crypto was even made uh Uh, uh i mean you are asking whether you know having uh bitcoin as the main currency for the country makes sense yeah yes i think uh it's a it's a very difficult question to answer because country is complex mechanism right oh yeah and, yeah and not one asset will ever uh ev- ever be perfect for one country because the if just in with uh, like every 25 kilometers things uh, your whole ecosystem changes and pe- the way people talk way people uh, live their life or think or uh, you know have community changes so and when you look at like as a whole country as el salvador it's a quite complex uh, you know ecosystem now why you know i think bitcoin is pretty good uh reserve for the for for the um government because as a end user i know that there is only 25 million bitcoin so the proof of reserve is clear to me like 
I know like my government is uh, not printing ex- new money, you know, like yeah. extra money without letting <laughs> me know. Yeah. Uh, and which creates heavy, heavy inflation, which happened in case of, you know, El Salvador. And you, I know you have not been living there, but I'm sure you have family members uh, my, who have been talking yeah, about the yeah. recent problem. And, and my mom actually just went there today. She went back to visit. So, yeah, they, they've been all talking about it. You're right. Yeah. And the inflation was super high last year, right? Like people could not even buy a bottle of milk with, I mean, you can buy, but you need a lot of, lot of currency, um, which I see this happening in many countries who are not able to control their economy due to some form or reason. And, yeah. uh, and I see like they've started looking at Bitcoin as a reserve. So gold is, you, you, everybody knows that it's a very limited, uh, you know, reserve. And though gold is there, but there, has, there could be another form of reserve for the government entity, right? And Bitcoin fits into everything. Like, because now you can see uh, uh, like those Bitcoin ETF being accepted, right, as a uh in in uh, by yeah. sec has been in discussion yeah. um so yeah, it's that, a positive i, was I think the that, government sorry yeah sorry no, you were I, was gonna, saying? I was, was going to tell you that's why i i wanted to talk about this cause i wanted to bring up the the etf next because uh, at least in el salvador they know what the regulation is with crypto but mm-hmm. in the united states we have no idea so this is why this is so intriguing this the you know these submissions for etf so you you uh, knew exactly what I was going to talk about, <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to see like like if if these ETFs are going to help in any way, like if it's going to help any type like find regulation. So yeah, go ahead with your with your thought. Um, you yeah, right yeah, yeah. So uh, so I was saying that uh, wh- uh, there is no harm in having a second reserve for the country, right? Only problem currently is that this reserve is very volatile, like highly volatile. So, um, on the one on one hand, uh, it's finite reserve, so it falls under the say all the you know sort of regulation regulatory bodies that uh, you know call one asset as a reserve like gold, but it 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 is highly volatile, which worries them. Uh, I was in involved in some discussion here in in government, like on the local level not on the national level of course but but yeah so they were like okay we understand like it has some of the features that it should be a reserve for the state or the government but it is so highly volatile that we cannot work that today i have only 10 percent of my reserve left and yesterday i had like 100 percent. you know what i'm saying so so these are like couple of questions that government entities think but from the on the other hand um if they have just 20%, 10% of the reserve initially as Bitcoin and slowly as the market matures, they increase that. So they are protecting themselves in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Like I see uh, even UK government taking some steps towards it. Uh, some African countries also, not just El Salvador. So you will see more countries adopting it as a reserve in some shape or form. So do you think, you know, since we've been talking about identity, 
do you think that there is an identity play somewhere in this yeah so for government it's very simple government wants to track everything right <laughs> like, yeah. in that angle from that angle um government wants to track uh, who owns how much but you know defi or degens don't want to get tracked so what is the middle ground having some sort of privacy preserving identity system right so we still have our privacy in place but still be able to verify that we are uh verified uh users who are holding these assets when it comes to you know just from the government angle so that's where i feel that i don't see like i see identity coming in into crypto space like very soon in in very heavy form um there are so many like since i've been working in this space i can see like number of did registries going fast growing fast like now we have 200 plus registries uh different for a second i think we yeah we lost you for a second there vikram oh okay uh, i'm back so last thing, so, yeah, so last thing saying, you said was 200 registries yeah 200 plus registries now so that itself define like why would uh, you know people would be interested because there is some sort of demand to have these identity system but as a builders we should be we should think about the ethos of decentralization and we should keep the identity system in you know in, uh, ha- having as much privacy preserving as possible so that's like the responsibility for each of the uh, projects or companies building these identity system uh, like we need to cater to uh, to the to the need of uh, bitcoin holders who want privacy but also bring a bridge where you know institutions or or government organization can participate which will become a healthy ecosystem and grow growth of bitcoin will increase tremendously like and it will be uh, an, so just a normal asset like everyone would get to know because government will push harder you know for it just like how yeah. it happened in salvador <laughs> <laughs> so i want to thank you so much for you know willing to spend most of the space talking about bitcoin and just identity and how it it sits together Um we usually hold these spaces to to do that to just talk about um you know what's happening recently with Bitcoin. Um but we usually also use them to uh highlight integrations that we've had and so we recently announced an integration with Hypersign. And so uh us here at Babylon are really excited about that. Um we we're um integrated now with 31 different protocols in the Cosmos SDK. And so um we just want to talk a little bit about the integration. first i wanted to clap for 31 integrations it's not <laughs> easy <laughs> yeah oh, no, um, <laughs> yeah so um, i mean for the community here i uh, i don't know how much they understand technically babylon so maybe i can give my piece of uh, thoughts on that so basically you know uh, newer chains don't have so much security because of their um, it's it's a new chain it's less decentralized so uh you need like either uh 
time stamping on on checkpointing basically on certain period of time so you could use like a layer one uh, chain which is already heavily decentralized and secure use it as your security uh, to power you know empower your ecosystem and so far most of the development have been done on on ethereum ecosystem or uh, you know with their layer 2 technology which is like the zkvm or uh, rollups technology but in case of uh, bitcoin it is slightly complicated because bitcoin doesn't support smart contract development and hence i think babylon is a amazing uh, you know architecture where uh, other layer 1 chains can actually use bitcoin as their security layer uh, to secure their chain from getting uh, basically 61% attack and so so forth because then the attack would cost them heavily because from the day when the checkpointing has started on uh, through babylon chain uh, the attacker needs to roll back to that particular uh, you know block on bitcoin which is technically impossible and uh, that's like the the major benefit that i see uh, using babylon because currently bitcoin doesn't support natively so babylon could be amazing uh, solution for that and cheaper yeah, that, that, yeah that that's what we hope to be um and you know not just for cosmos but just for all the proof of stake chains yeah so um, it's it's a big vision but and we're so glad that you guys are a part of it um so thank you for that welcome always uh, you know happy to partner in any shape or form and yeah. now our developers have started looking into babylon architecture closely like how we can incorporate uh, i wanted to know like eric um, is there any uh, in future is is there uh, going to be like smart contract features on babylon there's smart oh. contract features in the. We just did the latest uh, upgrade, and now we have oh, smart nice. contracts. Yeah, we just recently did that actually. Uh, oh, maybe cool! Like, so... Yeah, maybe like two or three weeks ago. So yeah, we just added it. So yeah, you you can build off of off of Babylon now. Oh, amazing! So probably I can instruct my dev team to uh, deploy our zk id outpost on Babylon. Yeah, uh, yeah, you totally so can. can Testnet, yeah. So we can do some, you know. Uh, just proof of concepts of how yeah. probably we can build some ordinals uh, and then integrate ID into ordinal or something. Yeah, like that. that's awesome. Let me know if you do that. I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, you know, we're obviously both excited about the integration, but um, I want to know a little bit more about HyperSign. Um, my first my first uh of ever hearing a crypto do identity i don't know if you ever heard of them was civic do you remember ever hearing about civic this is like in 2017 2018 when i first started and so that's the first time i ever heard about a crypto doing like identity just you know make, make, like just securing your profile and stuff like that so um don't know if you're familiar with them but I'm, i know that there's others out there i think there's another one in cosmos called checked or something so i just wanted to know how are you different from these other identity infers? Yeah. Um, I mean, we started uh, learning from Civic, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's when <laughs> we also, in 2017, we got to know about Civic. 
that's how you know uh, our thought process that oh there is some sh- in some shape or form uh, civic is uh, trying to get uh, identity on ethereum ecosystem you know like for yeah. smart contracts uh, so we were like oh so what we have been thinking is not wrong although civic was just a white white paper that time and uh, which proved our hypothesis that the way we are thinking is in the right direction just the implementation and the technology could change over the period of time because civic was way too early there wasn't much smart contract uh, being developed that time so the design of civic was based on uh, you know thoughts that the founders had i have huge respect for them uh, because that's actually initiated the discussion of uh, having did registry on w3c you know uh it was all at the same time like uh worldwide web consortium having one one interoperable standard uh than having separate entities so now coming back to the question that how we are different than most of these projects so after civic and couple of more identity system that time um the worldwide web consortium decided that we will it looks like the identity needs to be a standardized uh, uh stuff so every project on chain or off chain or on the new internet right web3 they can adopt one standard of uh, uh identity and what it will help is in a way that it can be then interoperable the data can be portable across multiple different uh, vendors who provide these services and the user have seamless experience user experience so back in the day some identity projects started their own designs like for example polygon id also started uh, during that time but it's famous now as a polygon id but the name was actually iden3 uh, project which was more on the zero knowledge side and uh, they had they also have a different id design similarly civic has a different id design checked is more aligned with uh, self sovereign identity standard which is by the world wide web consortium how hypersign is playing role here is that we are we know that when we started like we knew okay every people have built these id id systems on different chains and they work fine on their ecosystem but what if the user has to move from one chain to another currently the uh, and we looked at like how bridges were helping or not helping in both the cases so we were like what if there is a uh, infrastructure not just an id system but an infrastructure which which can somehow let them communicate with each other so we will definitely have the base of base layer as an as an id layer but on top of that we have some tools and softwares which can allow users to move from one ecosystem to another ecosystem but from the identity as an angle so that's why we decided to like we will we will build it first for cosmos ecosystem because our hypothesis was that we could utilize ibc uh, like the inter blockchain communication layer as a protocol to verify users across different uh, layer one chains connect interconnected in cosmos ecosystem and we did our first hypothesis as part of a hackathon for um, a project called neutron uh for their hackathon and uh, it turned out to be super successful so now we are that's why i was talking asking you whether babylon has 
the smart contract feature enabled mm. so we could also deploy on babylon and showcase another <laughs> you know uh, possibility so hypersign has all these features that a self sovereign identity systems like check has but apart from that we also have integration with ibc natively integrated with ibc so you can do identity verification using zero knowledge proof via these ibc connectors so all you have to do like all we have, our team needs to do is uh, 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 launch a proposal in the in the partner chain and if the proposal goes through we deploy a id contract which can be extended by any uh, smart contract on that particular chain and they can consume all the id features without needing to have any other you know sdks and uh, any other ex- external integrations required by default as long as you are in the cosmos ecosystem for now um, and you have a application built on any of the chain all you have to do is extend your application with hypersign sdk this feature neither any no none of these id systems they provide because they are all focusing on their own ecosystem because they think like their ecosystem is big enough what i saw difference that the cosmos ecosystem lacked liquidity and i saw like if i can bridge the gap from the evm ecosystem to cosmos ecosystem probably there will be movement of or bitcoin ecosystem to cosmos ecosystem you know there will be movement of liquidity and movement of users uh, between these and if they are verified users it it's much more beneficial for your project or your chain so yeah. that's the high level you know differentiator that's awesome yeah that, that's so great that you you guys had the foresight to to think about bigger than just sticking to one chain that it'd be better to do it where anyone could use you so that's that's amazing now i i wanted to go back to that very first question i didn't let you answer <laughs> at the beginning which was how do you get adoption because like i was telling you a lot of people like we have the secret network we have monero who are they're all about privacy and so they're all scared about doing anything that will let people know that they're doing crypto so wh- where does that adoption come into because I, I do see a place for hypersign and like i think i like I, I wonder who the audience should be should it be companies should it be government that uses it in order to you know be able to do identifiers it'd be easier than doing the systems that they have currently in place so where does that adoption come from like what's you guys must have a vision for this or an idea about where it would come from so i'm just curious to hear it yeah so uh, basically we have currently we are not taking the identity angle what we are taking is mostly from the security and uh, security side because it has two parts right uh, either you can use it to verify you as who you are by actually exposing your personal information or you can use it the same system you can use to identify you as just a unique user of a chain right we are not exposing who you are where do you live which country you are from but we are able to somehow uniquely verify that this is a unique wallet on a chain so i don't see there is a problem with that because currently the whole web3 ecosystem is full of bots in my opinion this is a huge problem because bot creates you know you know all the problems that because of the bots happen and every project deals with that in some or other form yeah so this is the one use case that we are focusing on another use case which which is like 
ticketing industry ticketing industry at least in asia is now going to come out as the biggest ticketing industry in the whole world like because asian market are slowly opening up uh and ticketing is is also a credential right so how we shift switched from like we 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 looked at uh, you know other projects like civic and other bigger projects we lost you again akram you still yeah we're still yeah. there okay yeah so i was saying that uh, we were looking at civic and other bigger project they kept on talking about identity and how they can decentralize an identity like have a one pass for the whole world which affected in a way that the government did not like it right so but we were like credentials are everywhere and credentials are the most biggest problem than the id system you cannot replace the the government id system that is in your country this is if i say that i am like just uh, not saying the truth to my community or my investors but you can always improve how the data of a user being shared with different parties like once you are verified on any id system then your data is replicated across different vendors and different third party providers because all of them are sharing your data what if we can bring privacy there that itself is a huge gap in the market right so we are currently only focusing on credential market where we are trying to bring in privacy layer for these credentials so we provide storage uh, like a something called data vault that every user can have their own data vault for that company and we are trying to you know uh, collaborate th- with these company by explaining them these are your uh you know loopholes into your design where data leaks can happen so that's our current you know uh short term road map honestly from the business side mm-hmm. okay that, no that, that makes a lot of sense and i'm i it, i think it's smart to not focus only on identity but to focus on security yeah because identity um, you know you look at identity in web3 where uh, all the dgens will say hey i don't want to get uh, doxed okay <laughs> and look at yeah. identity in the uh, government side government will be, will be saying like hey we don't want to replace our identity system because this is what we love <laughs> but so the problem is basically where the data is being exchanged between two parties because we don't actually have control mm-hmm. on that and we are letting yeah. go of our data to everyone like you're filling forms uh, left right and center and this data is stored <laughs> in google drives or google storage or so many different types of you know databases which is getting yeah. hacked so the problem is there so i'm like okay and nobody is looking <laughs> at it so we can help there and we can see it's, like once the adoption comes in from both the sides then we will be already ready for them as well right it's so funny because we'll freely give that information until we're openly asked for that information they were like oh no but usually we just give it away for free without even thinking about it until they ask us for that information then you're like oh i'm trying to be private you know have some privacy here so i think that's hilarious so vikram i i did want to ask you one last question before we wrap up the space and we'll we'll bring the focus back to bitcoin do you think that hypersign can help a bitcoin holder in any form yeah um like i was saying if bitcoin wants to grow bitcoin wants to 
give more uh, features for their end user, like more utility. With more utility comes more problems, like you know all these privacy issues, or or you know uh, scams or hacks. All these will come, and that's when an identity system, which is privacy preserving, which aligns with the ethos of Bitcoin holders, can add value for Bitcoin ecosystem. So that's like my one-line answer for your question. All right, thank you, Vikram. Well, we've uh, gone over an hour. Like I've really enjoyed it. Like you have so much passion, Vikram. You and you're so knowledgeable. Like you, you've blown me away. So I've really enjoyed the space here with you today. Likewise, and I always have you know good time uh, engaging with Babylon team. You guys are super. <laughs> cool. And, oh, and thank I, you, I thank hope you. we do more, more you know, community engagement in not only on on Twitter, but on real world <laughs> in some form, yeah. somewhere. Oh, that will definitely. That would be amazing. So thank you again for joining us. And I th thank you for the rest of your your followers and your team that I see here. Um, yeah, truly been enjoyable. So thank you guys so much for, for being a part of this with us. All right. Thank well, you, everyone. We... Have a good day. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night or good morning, wherever you're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.